This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today we have Liz on from AP Area Life, and we're going to be talking about divorce, empathy, and being a great employer. So we got, we're going to unpack a bunch of things here, and uh, I can't wait to kind of talk to Liz about it. So Liz, would you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and AP Area Life? Absolutely. Thank you, William, for having me today. Um, My name is Liz Crilly. I am the Chief Commercial Officer and Head of Business Development for APRA Life. And APRA Life is an innovative program um, who we have a comprehensive care and advocacy platform for employees navigating critical life events. And that can really be anything from a a terminal or serious illness to a bereavement, so loss of a spouse or or family member, to um, a divorce or a relationship breakdown, all of which um, significantly impact the employees and their families' um, overall well-being. uh, And that can be, you know, the mental, emotional, physical, financial, social aspects Um, as well as their engagement, productivity, and ability to make sound decisions at work. You know, it's it's funny. I posted on Instagram, and I think it hit Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever. And uh, I got hit, I think it was about two weeks ago, I got hit with three of uh, my colleagues, uh, friends of mine, professional colleagues, that are all women, just, just so happened to be, and they all were going through divorces. I had no, of course, I would have no reason to have an, a, a clue, but I had no idea. And, you know, I, you know, I felt myself kind of stunned on one level, like, what can I, how can I be supportive? And at the same time, you know, just, just trying to be a good listener and, uh, and just being there for them. Uh, and so it kind of hit me. And so I, I posted about it and a lot of people commented, you know, because evidently, it's it's happening it you know divorces do happen obviously um so that's not new that's not new or news but uh, i didn't know that the pandemic had kind of hit people as hard as as it as it had and as a you know for, from a company perspective you know i've had i've had employees that have lost their spouse they've lost they've lost uh, kids to suicide and I've, I've found myself at those stages wondering, like, what's the right thing to do? Like, what do I, what do I, what do I, what should I do? And, you know, I mean, kind of being paralyzed in, in some ways. So I can see the real need uh, for, for someone to then be there and go, okay, we, we do this all the time. Let's yeah. coach you through. Here's, here's how to respond. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to your point on the, the post that you made, which which definitely caught my attention, you know, there were dozens of comments and, and hundreds of interactions with yeah. that post. The thing is, is, you know, almost half of 
marriages end up in a divorce, right? So this, as you say, this is not news and this is not new. This, we know that this happens to people. The thing is, is that it's still taboo. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to say the word divorce because there's this stigma attached to it. And it's, you know, now, and this is a result of the pandemic, right? That employers especially are now, they, they recognize that they have more of a responsibility to support people across the, the entire work and life spectrum, right? So they've put in place more robust types of programs and more robust types of, of support to really help people. The, the caregiving um, crisis and, and point solutions to support that mental health, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, uh, you know, still on the mass scale, divorce is something that's kind of like, we, we don't really want to talk about it. We don't really want to acknowledge it. Um, but there is quite a lot more research that is coming out. Um, so a statistic came out in 2020 at the very beginning of the pandemic and from April through June. So remember, you know, March 6th, effectively, everything started to shut down in the U S so from April till June, divorce rates across the U S were up 34% already. And that is well, the entire world is locked down and courthouse, you can't go into a courthouse and you can't, right. you know, you can't even go through that process. Um, so we definitely are seeing upticks in relationship breakdowns and, and divorces. And unfortunately, we don't really see that ending anytime soon. No, no, it's, it's, it's interesting. Someone in the comments said this, it's, a, it's deep, uh, taking the stigma away from the divorce equals failure. And I thought that that was a really good way of, of thinking about this is that there is a stigma and, and a stereotype to divorce and that it's rooted in some, somehow that there's, there's a personal failure and it's not. Um, and, you know, divorce is work. We're talking about divorce, but there's steps, you know, that, that lead to that, like separation, trial separation, separation, things like that. And again, people don't even have to be married. You can just, you can be in a common law, you know, arrangement, or you can just be serious boyfriend and girlfriend for a long time. And, and that breaks apart. And the, the, the thing I find fascinating is there's been this push to bring the whole you to work. And it's been going on for a couple of years. Like bring, we want the whole you, we want to bring the whole you to work. And I'm like, you don't want the whole. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure about that? Yeah. Uh, you, you might want to check some of that. Maybe, maybe 90% <laughs> of the whole me, but, 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 but seriously, there's, there's been this push of bringing the whole you to work. But then if that's true, then we've got to care for the whole you. That's you know what I mean? Cool. Not just your performance at work, which is great. But, you know, and your on-time delivery of projects and things like that. But then we've got to care about all the other facets that make you, you. That's exactly right. And I think that there has been a really big shift, especially from leadership, from the C-suite on down in recognizing that they have to be an empathetic employer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you talk about deadlines and, and outcomes of, you know, making sure that projects are on time, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, well, if that person, if maybe some a project manager or someone isn't delivering, 
it's, it's no longer, I'm going to put you on a performance improvement plan, or, you know, you're not going to get the promotion. It's more of a conversation of, is there something going on in your life, in your home? What's distracting you? How can I help you? Do you need more time? Do you need more flexibility? Do you need some actual, you know, do you need a person to, to be able to help sure. you with what we do? Right. Um, and it's really about finding out what's happening um, and what is the cause of your poor performance or your, um, you know, taking more time off, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and how can we, how can we better support you? Yeah, it's that life event, something, there's a life event that happens. We either know about it or we don't. We then triage the life event and, and, and understanding that everyone goes through things differently. So like my father passed in April and I came to, you know, like, like with all kind of grief, I came to realize, and I, and I realized this before this, but, uh, you know, it was up, up close and personal for me that everyone grieves differently. Like some people, they want to get back to work on the next Monday. And some people, they need to take off some time and they need to kind of get their mind right. They need to kind of do a bunch of kind of administrative stuff. And, uh, and like, it's okay. Like, it's totally okay. I mean, I remember my wife getting wrapped around the axle because somebody didn't show up to the, uh, to the funeral. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care. (laughs) And it wasn't being disrespectful. I'm like, everyone grieves differently. Like if they couldn't show up, that's okay. Like there's no, there shouldn't be any, there shouldn't be a fallout because they, they couldn't show up. Um, and, and so I think that there's not just the dripping of empathy that needs employers uh, that need to need to wrap around uh, their employees, but also the kind of the personalization to the situation. I love the way you framed it up. It's like, what do you need? Like, what do you need? Right. And you know what? That can change day by day. Totally get it. So let's just go, let's just try to go as slow as we can. What do you need and how can we help you? Absolutely. And it's really that personalization piece because Mm. every situation is different. So we, we talk a lot about, you know, and even when we're hiring people, it's like, well, what does the day-to-day look like? And I always kind of smile and say, well, there's not really a great way to answer that because Mm. every situation is so different. That's right. And every person is grieving in a very different way and they might need different things That's at right. different times. Um, so you kind of have to be that, that flexible, that can do, you know, how can we help you? What right. else can we do for you? Well, there's a tactical um, element that that's, you know, again, so someone passes away, let's just say a uh, divorce, a great example. Okay. Divorce happens. Um, there's tactical things that you can checklist off. And you go, okay, have you hired an attorney? Have you, are you talking to a therapist? Like, you know, you can walk them through tactical stuff and just make sure of where they're at and what their journey is. And then there's the other part that's not tactical. (laughs) That's into the realm of really highly personalized. Okay. What do you need so that you can make it through the day, through the next day, to the next day, to the next day. And um, you, you mentioned at the very beginning, kind of critical life events, you know, obviously we talk about divorce, death, do you, do y'all either now, or do you see in the future that you also deal with kind of the, the positive life events, you know, a baby being born, a wedding, you know, all the, uh, the, the other side of it, uh, yeah. do you, do you see the company kind of also helping there? 
You know, it's, it's a great question and it's one that we get often. Um, I think the big thing that we have realized, so this, this business was actually born out of um, our founder and CEO, Katie Lynch was a, a family attorney and she realized that there was a significant gap in the way that she could service her clients who were going through a divorce and a relationship breakdown and eventually just decided to, to start supporting individuals, typically executives. Um, and then that kind of evolved into, uh, you know, some executives saying, we really want to offer this to our people. So the, the business itself was born out of the divorce and relationship breakdown piece. Once we started partnering with employers, they started coming to us and saying, actually, we have an employee who has just received a, a terminal cancer diagnosis. Right. Can you help him and his spouse navigate these, these challenging times? We have a... Um, it's interesting that you said it, Liz, and apologies for interrupting, but you just, you, by mentioning the spouse, you just got me to think about, it's not just the employee, it's their ecosystem, right? That's it. Okay. Their families too. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so absolutely. It's, it's that whole network. And in any of these life situations, when one, you know, when something happens, the scales are tipped. They're no longer able to focus on their own, on their work, on their own well-being, because you know everything has just been been blown up on a, on a personal level. So, to answer your question around some of these more positive life events, um, we are certainly not opposed to helping. And in some some of our employer contracts, we actually do kind of more of a a more holistic concierge type support program. And when and where we have more of the positive life events happening and a person needs assistance, we're certainly there to assist. Right. But we don't tend to find like when, when, you know, someone has a baby, um, I, myself, I have two, two children. So I've been through this a couple of times. <laughs> and, you know, there, when you do go through those, those major life events, there tends to already be the right support. Right. Um, there's a good bereavement leave policy. There may be um, even, you know, a doula or a, a post birth doula or support person who can come into your home afterwards, who's, who's covered by your insurance policy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so other than maybe a couple of logistical things that may happen where, you know, I'm trying to add my new baby to my medical plan or something. Right. Like that, right. It's not right. really a ton of admin that that might go into those things but when it's on the other side and you know something catastrophic happens right you're stopped in your tracks oh yeah well you're you're paralyzed i'm i'm talking to somebody in a couple weeks from now about um a policy around miscarriages and fertility and and things going wrong and with childbirth and yeah. what to do both for um, both men and women that go through that, right? So what, what does that look like? And building policy around that, which is fascinating because it's, again, less taboo. You know, if someone has a miscarriage, you, you, you might or might not know about it. And exactly. again, they might, not, they might not say anything. Again, you know, so dealing with folks on when you first kind of brought us into – uh, Apiary, I wanted to ask you, A, where did the name come from? 
Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. So a lot of people don't actually know what an apiary is. I quite frankly did not when um, I, before I came on board. Um, so an apiary is, it's essentially a collection of beehives. So it's where keep, beekeepers keep beehives. And the, the kind of mentality or the parallel to what we do is that no one gets through anything alone. And so we essentially have a, a whole hive or a network of worker bees. And that can be, you know, our care advocates um, and our experts that work alongside of our employees that we help. That can be um, kind of secondary support, administrative support. Um, and then we also have a network of professionals that we can bring in um, on an as needed basis to really supplement and help uh, employees, again, navigate these, these life situations. Um, you just a sidebar, you had mentioned earlier that the tactical aspects of divorce mm. and, you know, finding an attorney or finding um, that right support, you know, a lot of times if we're brought in early enough, we have many people um, who are former attorneys, um, family law or trust and estates, and, you know, there are a lot of options that people don't know about mediation, right. collaborative law, navigating a divorce in a much different way than going the litigation route with the bulldog lawyer and the right. fighting and the letters and, and all of that. There is a, there are different options, even from the beginning that, that we can help educate people on and again, kind of carry them through and, and help them uh, navigate that, that event. You know, what's interesting is, is again, I love that, that there's an array and you can help them then sort through the array, but there's still, I want to say trauma and that's probably not the right word, but there's, there's still, there's still impact in their life. So even if it's, even if it's totally both parties, amicable, everything, you know, no worries, uh, both everyone gets goes on with their life, gets remarried, whatever. There's still grief. Absolutely. And it's still got to be dealt with one way or another. And it's still going to be represented. It's still going to come out at work in some form or fashion. So, so even, even in the best kitchen, best case scenarios, there's still going to be something that needs to be treated. So it's, so again, I like the fact that it's not as taboo, as it once was, mental health in general, but also some of these topics. Um, and I love that companies like yours are then help stepping in and help. Um, a few things real quick. One is on the advocacy side, because you said care and advocacy. On the advocacy side, are you helping them advocate both internally with their employer and kind of navigating kind of that part? Or is it advocacy in terms of more of an external helping them advocate for themselves? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. And I guess it's, it's kind of both in a way. Um, so typically what will happen is we will have, we will be called um, either by HR, or we have some technology that allows employees to get in touch with us confidentially and directly. And when that happens, we like to understand what is the situation that the employee is going through, um, where are they located, because we actually do this on a global scale, um, and uh, what is it that they're looking for, so any other kind of, you know, general details. And once we understand a little bit more about them, we're going to pair them with uh, an expert who really understands that situation, and typically that person is going to have that legal background. 
Um, from there, it is really the, the this expert um, that can help them with anything logistical. Um, so externally, right? So let's say right. it's a terminal illness case. And, you know, they maybe want to seek out um, a second or third opinion. So just kind of helping them to, mm. to navigate the, the medical piece and understanding where they might be able to get those um, second opinions. Are there other programs that that employer offers already that mm. we can lean on and utilize to help facilitate some of that? Because in actuality, so my background is in employee benefits and it's amazing how many amazing programs. Oh yeah, don't get used. That they don't get used. Nobody right. knows about them, the, yeah. especially in the U.S. Um, the the healthcare um, ecosystem is incredibly complex, and yeah, it's, and it's they, not just the employee; it's the employee partner spouse. That's it. So, yeah. like, like their ecosystem does it. What do you mean we have vision insurance? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Half the time they don't they don't even know. Um, so it really is kind of both. And we, we try to be the, the yes people and the people who are going to say, even if we don't necessarily know the answer right out of the gate, right. we're going to find out for you. We're going to do the research and we're going to help you in any way that we can. So historically, HR has delivered this or seen this as a kind of an EAP model. But I see you all more as kind of an empathy as a service, as a more of a software or subscription type model. So is that are y'all are y'all a little bit of both, or how do you deliver? Well, first of all, I love the empathy as a service. Um, I just I just trademarked it, by the way. I think- <laughs> Is that a problem? We just bought the no, web. We just bought great. the URL and trademarked. We'll it talk already. after after yeah. this. And just kidding, again. I didn't. <laughs> um, it's it's a tough one because you know EAPs have been around for a really long time, right. and I think when they first started they really did serve a purpose in giving employees 100%. a single place to go. Right. Yep. Um, over time, they have been, you know, of course, bought out by the the big um, providers, the medical providers, right. and kind of just been meant to do too many things. And so they don't do anything really well anymore. Mm-hmm. You'll know utilization for, for those and, you know, anywhere from a couple percent. Um, across the board. There's also now an entire massive market of point mental health solutions. Right. And so when an employee is, is having a mental health issue, which is typically what the, the EAP used to serve, they're going to their, the app and going through an assessment mm-hmm. and getting paired with somebody in a matter of minutes. Why would I call an 800 number right. and be given a list of, you know, 10 people who may or may not be accepting appointments. And so, you know, I, I still do think there's a time and a place for an EAP. And in actuality, we, re- we in cases where employers offer the EAP and it's robust, um, we will actually refer employees to yeah. that program yeah. when it's yeah. appropriate, right? Um, but we're so much more than that. And we're not trying to be, you know, the, the app for that. Right. Every situation, as I said, is so different. And yeah, so- it's all bespoke, uh, every single one of them. And you know what? The, the thing is, is there's privacy that's involved here because, you know, again, you're, an employee is going to then, you know, disclose and tell you about these life events, you know, my, their, you know, their, their husband's uh, father passed away, et cetera. 
it's going to impact their life, their work, and then they've got to figure out how to navigate. So there's all kinds of vulnerability and communication and privacy. There's all kinds of stuff there and that are at least historically been, been, been not easy to, uh, to navigate. Last question before we roll out, Liz, how does an employer know that they're doing it right? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, so I think there's a couple of things. Number one, when you have that empathy and compassion and understanding from the top, and that is spread down through the different layers of the organization and employees across the board feel that their employer cares about them both at work and at home and cares about their families. Um, I think, I think that's a, a pretty good indicator. Yeah. Um, when you're thinking, I hate to use the, the outside of the box, but when you're thinking creatively about the, the solutions and the programs that you offer to your people, how you communicate them and how you make sure that they know um, what's available to them. I think that is definitely a good indicator. And when those employees are feeding back either through, I don't, you know, you can do surveys, you can have one-to-ones, et cetera. When people are coming back and saying, I know that you care about me, this, you know, this program or this service that you offered to me really helped me at X, Y, Z. It doesn't have to be a critical life event, right? Like it could be anything. Right. Um, but when it's coming down from the top and it's, and it's, heartfelt and when a company and when employees are are coming back to their managers and up to senior leadership and saying i know that you care i think i mean those people are going to stay much longer they're going to bring they you know bring other people along with them um they're going to be more productive at work they're you're going to have better outcomes and you know ultimately their their well-being and their happiness is is going to be uh, there and, and taken care of. And I think that those are pretty good indicators of success. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, you hit on all the things that, that uh, empathy is a value. It's top down. It's, it's also littered all the way through the organization. It's an action. Yeah. You know, you can't just say that you're an empathetic leader and then not back it up. So there's an action, there's an action layer there that you actually have to do uh, things to the, show people that you are empathetic and then I, I like how that you touched on retention of talent, because again, people that have this and they've you know know that it's value, know that it's actually something that the that the company believes in, does, backs up with actions, etc. Um, why would they imagine going somewhere else? Right. So it's you know they found home, they found a place where they can be themselves and they can go through life events and they know that they're going to be supported. Uh, through those events so you know again why why leave why go somewhere else and also uh, if done well and over the course of time it becomes an attraction it becomes a way for you to recruit people and say this is you know this is who we are you want to talk to any of our employees that have been through these things go ahead you know, knock yourself out so it could down the road if you've done it really well it could actually help you in recruiting Liz Thank you so much for your time. I so much appreciate both the conversation, but also appreciate you coming on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. 
And thanks for everyone listening to the Recruiting Day podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.